single, a single verse, just a, a thought that I want to try to draw out of this here. When you get there, say amen. James 1 and 22. It says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The first part there, it says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. If we could hear just for a little bit this evening, I want to preach on where passions lie. Where passions lie. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. And Lord, for the privilege to be behind this pulpit, Lord, and to preach your word. Lord, we know that, God, you are in charge here tonight. And so, Lord, we, we, we desire your presence. Lord, we desire your blessing here this evening. Lord, we ask that you would anoint each and every heart and life here tonight, Lord, those that are listening. Lord, we ask that you would move upon them, Father. We ask that this word, Lord, would go out and grip the hearts and lives of each and every person here tonight. Lord, bring us to an altar where you can work on our lives. Lord, where you can do something in our lives. Lord, that we could, Lord, be reciprocative of, uh, of your spirit moving in our lives. So many times, Lord, your spirit's moving, but we're, 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 we're so slow to, to hear, so slow to respond. Lord, help us to have ears to hear what your word has to say here tonight. We love you and we praise you, and in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Where passions lie. Who's the most passionate person that you know? Who's, yeah, who's the most passionate person that you know? Uh, do you know that uh, they're pa- what they're passionate about? Do you know, I mean, obviously, if you know a passionate person, you should know what they're passionate about because they're passionate about it right? Passionate people really can't hide their passion. Uh, we, last Sunday, we weren't, we weren't here. We were out of town at a, at a, at a convention, and, and you get all these people up there, these different fire chiefs and what have you, and they're up there talking about the different programs that they've done and the things that they've helped create and the establishments that they've done and the, and the difficult times that they've brought their, <clears throat> excuse me, their, their people through, and they're up there passionately talking about those things because it's something that's near and dear to them. It's inspirational to hear those people talk. Uh, you can get on the internet and you can type in inspirational talks like TED Talks, things of that nature, and you can hear of the exploits of different men and women, have the things they've gone through, the experiences that they've had, uh, the, the, the hardships that they've endeavored, you know, but the passion that they bring to the table when expressing themselves about what they've experienced. It's hard to hide someone's passion when that's what they feel about it. At some point, it's going to come out. You see, folks, but we serve, even more than that, we serve a God who is passionate, passionate about you and I, passionate about people, so much so that He sent His Son to die on a cross for you and I. That is how passionate He is for you and I. All throughout scriptures, we can see examples of things He passionately loves as well as things that He passionately dislikes or hates. Um, uh, you know, as we draw closer to him and our walk with him, we begin to begin, we begin to take on, as the Bible says, like passions as he has. Amen. The closer you two people walk together the, and you begin to see that passion somebody has, you begin to have a passion or an understanding for that same thing that person has because the way that they deliver, the way that they carry themselves. Some of these old, old saints of God, their passion for prayer, their passion for souls, you begin to hang around that person for any length of time and it'll begin to have an effect on you. 
I mean, that's the way that we're created. That's the way that we're designed is, is for those passions that, that, that Christ has to be transferred to you and I to become our own. To become our own. What is passion? It can be described as a strong feeling, and a, an emotion that we have for something. It can be a good thing, such as when we're, like I said, passionate about serving God and doing what is right, or it can be bad. Passionate for things uh, that, that, are, that aren't right, you know, like, like eating too much food or something like that. You say, how can that be a problem? But it, well, it, it can be. When we are passionate about something, it means that we are really committed to it and we are willing to put forth the effort to make it happen. We're willing to put forth the effort to make it happen. Passionate. It could be something that is so compelling that it moves you to action. Some of the top things that people are passionate about in the world today, uh, I, I guess you could say would be education, politics, sports, entertainment, to name like the top, the top uh, four that people stri strive after. Sports has probably got to be close to number one if politics isn't at this point. I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't follow a whole lot of, of either one of them. Brother Nathan or Brother George could probably give me a better, a better idea on which one's, uh, which one's in the lead there. But uh, the truth is that we usually spend the most time on things we feel the most strongly or passionate about. We usually spend our most of our time. What consumes our time? Are you passionate about spending time in the Word of God or in prayer? Again, what, do you, what consumes your time? What are you pouring your time into? What are you pouring yourself into? The more things that you pour yourself into, the more of yourself that becomes a part of what you're consuming. If you pour yourself into, into junk food, the more of yourself is going to look like junk food. Uh, we, we, we always have the saying, you know, you never shoot a bear that's been in a garbage can for a month or even for any length of time because when you eat that bear, it's going to taste like trash. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, we used to love, I love eating uh, mule deer's great, but if it's been eaten on sagebrush for a long time, it just doesn't taste good. You know, that's why it's so important as believers in Christ that we be careful on what we feed ourselves because eventually it's going to, it's going to resonate from us. If we focus on this, if we focus on the doom and gloom, again, your, that world's falling apart. My world's just fine. Amen. But it's whatever, the, whatever it is that you're putting your passion into, it will resonate from you. It will resonate from you. You remember growing up how you always, you, you, you know, you always want to go over to somebody's house. You know, you want to go over to Jim Bob's house or so-and-so's house as a kid to, 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 to hang out or play or whatever you wanted to do. And you got so excited when mom and dad said yes. Do you feel the same way when it comes to going over or coming to the house of God? What are you passionate about? I don't understand as a child when you got to go over to somebody's house. We're going to grandma's house and everybody's excited. And when you come to the house of God, it's like, we're going to the house of the Lord. I'm so excited. I tell you, that's something that I, we really had to work on in my family because you know, we, we don't live very far from the church as it is right now. And, uh, and so the fact, you know, when you, when, you, when you get out of church and you go home and you wake up and you're at church and, go, you know, trying to 
keep that excitement fresh. You know, it's not like when you get up and you get to load up everybody in the car and drive to church and you pull in. It's like, oh yeah, we're the first ones here. We're the second ones here. We're the last ones here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that, that excitement that you have when you come to the house of God. I, I, we really got to work on that because it's not, oh, we're just up and this is just where we live. You, you see what I'm saying? Is that excitement, is that passion still there? Is it still there? Is that anticipation there? That anticipation when you walk into the house of, house of the Lord that man, when I walk into this building, this is God's house. And, you know, if I'm not careful, God could just do something. Do you come with an anticipation to the house of God? First of all, here this morning, we're talking about where passions lie. A passion for my Lord. A passion for my Lord. As we said, what are you most passionate about in life? What do you spend most of your time on? In the business world, it's easy to follow, uh, allow things to sidetrack us from our devotion to God. If we're not careful, we allow our lives to get so stretched out and overcommitted that we don't make time for God as we should. And I'm speaking experientially here. I got a lot of irons in the fire. And if we're not careful, we can allow those things to stretch our time so thin. And time isn't something that we have a lot of. I tell people this, I've been using, I use this a lot anymore. I said, I'm not that old, but when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, time seemed to stand still. And now you wake up and it's like, wow, the conference, we were planning on it all year and that's a month away already, a month gone behind us or getting close to it anyhow. You know, the, uh, you know, we've been, you know, you're, you're 34, three, <laughs> somewhere in there, three, <laughs> getting older. You know, that was, wow, that was, you know, it's, it's, it's here and it's, it's gone. Right. Time is gone. And if we're not commit, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll fill up our time with things that don't really matter a whole lot. When really we should be making time for God. Really we should be spending time in prayer, allowing His Word to cultivate in our lives. And not just so that we can grow into be something just wonderful and beautiful and elegant to look at, but so that we can allow His Word to grow in our lives so that we can be useful. That's why farmers grow fruit and produce. Not because it's great to do and it's just something to do. It's, no, they grow fruit and produce so that they can pull it and feed somebody with it. That's how Christianity is in our life. We allow that to grow and nurture in our lives so that we can feed somebody with it. Amen. That's the calling God has given each and every one of us. Developing passion in our walk with the Lord and for His Word is something that does take time. And it should be something that is sought, and and, uh, sought after. You should strive after it with all that is within you. As a farmer puts forth the effort to fertilize and to cultivate and to nurture the ground and to make sure that the weeds that are there are, 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 aren't choking out the, 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 the seed that's been placed, as, as he works real hard to make that, that fruit or that vegetable, whatever it is he's planting, grow, grow strong. We have to work at it. For the Christian, our greatest passion should be God. It should be. 
And it should be a passion for my Lord. Matthew 22, 37 and 38 tells us, Jesus said unto them, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. He said, with all, it's not with some of thy, with, with, with some of thy, uh, of some of thy heart, some of thy soul and some of thy mind. Because see, a lot of times that's what we do. We only give some because we've got the other portions of it allocated to something else. But he specifically says, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. He encompasses all three of those aspects of our, of our makeup. Because sometimes when our heart ain't in it, our soul ain't in it, we got to tell our minds that no matter what, we're going to get up and we're going to do this anyways. Well, I just don't feel like doing it. Well, kick your feelings to the curb. You know what's right, so just do it. Amen. Romans 8 and 5 says, For they that are, that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. If you want to be fleshly minded, then you can just be that way. But if you're going to be spiritually minded, then walk in it. Whatever our passion is, folks, it will, it will cost. I'm talking about that separation this morning. It's going to, well... There's, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. Either, hey, yeah, it's, well, it's going to cost me so great to follow Christ. It's going to cost me being able to do this or being able to do that. Well, doing this and that's all going to burn up anyway, so why put your passion into that? Amen. It will come at the expense of time and effort. If you want passion for the things of God, then you're going to have to put time and effort into it. How do we increase our passion with God? How do we make Him first and foremost in our lives? By making time. By making time. Well, you say, well, yeah, like we said, time is, it's moving so fast, we can't keep up with it. I mean, just a, uh, just yesterday, uh, we were getting married and, and, and we had our first child. Now my first child's eight years old. I mean, time, it goes by so fast. How do I make time? By putting some of the things that consume time out. By putting some of those things that consume time out. My prayer, our prayer should be to grow deeper in our walk with the Lord. Prayer is essential. We understand that we're learning that in our in 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 in, in studying and in Friday night's uh, uh, Bible studies and stuff. We 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 understand understand this. But, you know, it's, it, prayer is so, it's essential, but it also it takes that time and effort is going to have to be put in as well. As I said earlier, folks, we serve a passionate God who is passionately in love with you, folks, with you and I, passionately chasing after you. We sing songs about that. We sing songs about the goodness of God and, and, and all of that. And, and we know that well, God is so, so in love with us and so for us. And I mean, and if, if God is so for us, then who can be against us? Well, sometimes we're the ones that are most against it because we're so busy with everything else that we don't give God as the time that he would love to have to be able to do what he wants to do in our lives. Oh, how much further in life we could be in our walk with him if we would just slow down to allow him to work in our lives. See, God's not going to compete with you. He's not going to compete with you. He's God. He doesn't have to. If you want more of him, the Bible says you got to draw nigh unto him and he'll draw nigh unto you. It doesn't say, if you want to draw closer to God, you know, God, you're going to have to keep up with my schedule. How insulting. How insulting. 
we serve a passionate God. If we think how passionate God is about us to the point of dying for us, His Son, how can we not then therefore be drawn closer to Him? He died for us, and the best thing we can do is, ah, oh, if I sleep in a little bit, and, and this, again, I'm speaking experientially, I sleep in a little bit, I can get a little bit, I can get five more minutes of sleep and, and then I'll pray on my way into, into work. The more you spend time with him, the more passionate you will be for him. It's like, it's like studying that gun or that ammunition or, or, that, or that tool or, or that tactic or whatever it is that you just, wow, this is so cool. Learning it until it's so fluid. The Word of God should be so fluid in our lives. It should be, it has the, it has the roadmap to heaven. We ought to be, we ought to memorize it. It should be so fluid within us. We can be as close to God as we want to be. There's no, there's no, there's no limit. As we said, if we draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. You know, the interesting is the interesting thing is here is the opposite of passion is, is 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 I guess what we could call apathy, which is just simply not really caring. You know, it's just well it'll just be it is what it is. It'll you know, yeah, we have that saying, and to that saying applies in a lot of different uh a lot of different circumstances, but it is what it is with our walk with the Lord. It does not apply at all. Matthew 25, 1 through 13, we can, we can read it here, but I'll just give you a brief synopsis here. It's talking about the, uh, the ten virgins that took their lamps and they went forth to meet the, the bridegroom. The bridegroom, is the, as the Bible tells us, and, and there was five uh, wise and five foolish. And the foolish took their lamps uh, and took no oil with them. In other words, they took lamps that had oil, but they didn't take any extra oil with them. And so they're, they're sitting there, they're waiting for the, for the bridegroom to come, which is, which is Christ. You and I are, are, are the, are, are, are the bride and he's the bridegroom. And, and, uh, and so the, these, they're the, the, the wise they brought because they knew that, Hey, the Lord is coming. We don't know when, but we're going to make sure that we're prepared. We're passionate about it, so we're going to make sure that we're prepared. And the other ten, the other five that were that were there, were, were they knew he was coming, but but then you know, well, we got well, hey, we'll have time to go prepare. We'll have time to brush up on on this. We'll have time to do that. And before you knew it, they ran out of oil, and oh, well, we're going to go back into the world to get what we got to get, and then we'll come back and we should be fine. You see, folks, you can't play both sides of the fence. You go back out, Christ is going to come. And you're going to miss out on what he has to offer. Who had more passion for the bridegroom? What would be the five wise, right? It would be, they, had, they had so much passion for the return, for the, for, the, for, for the groom to come. They had so much passion for it that they packed everything, including the kitchen sink. And they said, come on, we're going to just wait here until he comes. We're going to tarry until he comes. They had passion, those that were prepared. You see, when you lose your passion, according to the definition, as we said earlier, you are therefore not committed to it and not willing to put forth the effort to make it happen. You see, that's what passion is. You're committed to it. I'm committed to it. I'm sold out to it. No matter what it takes, I'm going to make it happen. That's passion. 
If Satan can rob you of your passion for God or perhaps distract us with other things, then he has succeeded. Oh, you've got plenty of time. Yeah, the Lord's coming back, but he's not coming back for a while. So you've got time to just, just, just let your hair down and, and you'll be just fine for a little bit. No, folks, he's coming back and we're to be prepared. Talking about a passion for my Lord a passion for my Lord, the bridegroom, who's, who's going to come when that trumpet sounds. And, and are you going to have your, your lamps full of oil saying, oh, come on, Jesus, I'm here and I'm ready. Don't let your passion grow cold for the things of God. Don't let your passion grow cold for the things of God. A passion for my Lord. Secondly, here this evening, a passion for my church. There's a progression here, a passion for my church. The Apostle Paul, uh, I can't wait to meet this, this, this guy, yeah, but uh, it was the first person that came to mind when I thought about passion for the church. I mean, you talk about somebody that was, uh, that was uh, bent on destroying the church. That was his primary goal until, uh, until uh, he had an encounter with, with Christ and, 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 and got his life changed around. And then he became one of the most uh, influential founders of the church. His passion was seen in his letters to the churches. You can, you can read all of his letters to the churches and, and oftentimes he wrote in tears because of his passion for the church. He would write in tears just, oh, if you could just, but just do this. Oh, if you could just, but, but, but have it this way. I'm writing to you that, 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 that your faith fail not. I'm writing for you that you'd be encouraged because of the struggle that you're going through. I'm writing to you because he had such a passion for the church. He wanted the church to succeed beyond anything else. He wanted it to, to be victorious going forward. He would write to him in tears because of, the, because of the passion that he had that the Holy Spirit placed upon him for those churches. What about you? What about you here making it personal? You, we can talk about, yes, the church collectively, and we pray for the church collectively as a whole across our, our great nation, across our world. But what about you here at Sun Valley Church tonight? Or do you pray? Do you have passion for Sun Valley Church? Do you have passion for it or do you, uh, do you get bored with church? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands here tonight, but do you get bored with church? Or jumping back to your walk with the Lord, do you ever get bored? James 1, uh, we reminded you that we're to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. When all you do is just allow yourself to hear stuff and you don't act upon it, it just becomes information. It just becomes information. It just becomes words that we listen to. We filter through our, through our, through our noodle upstairs and we kick it out and that's about all we ever do with it. We got to be so careful that we're just not hearers of the word, but that we're doers of the word. He gives us, James gives us a very simple solution to the problem of boredom. You see, knowledge without application eventually leads to, boring and un and a, to a boring and unfulfilling, very unfulfilling time. We can go to all these conferences. You can go to, all, you, can have, you can go to school, Hannah, and get all this education and, and come out and be as, as smart as a, and sharp as a tack. But unless you go out and get a job and apply it, it's done you absolutely no good. It's cost you time and energy and money. 
you know, but, it, but, 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 but it's gone, it's done nothing for you. It's so important when we hear the word of God preached, delivered from this pulpit. And we, we, we you know, sometimes, yeah, it might not apply to us in every aspect. And, and sometimes we sit there in our seats and we go, oh, that definitely is hitting so-and-so over there. Well, <laughs> you know, we got to be careful that we're not allowing it to hit us and apply it to us. Sometimes it's so easy to just come to church and fulfill our Christian duty and go home but what about the anticipation, the excitement of being in the house of the Lord and hearing the word of God preached? Your passion for the church, having a passion to come to hear God, having that passion. Rather than coming to church and, yep, that was another great sermon, pastor. Good job. I put my 10% in and now I can get to go home because dinner's almost ready. You know, that sermon that was studied after, that, 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 that came from the throne room of heaven. It came from the word of God. It came from the very mouth of God. Be careful how you, how you chalk, what you chalk it up to. Be careful what you chalk it up to as. Oh, that's a great sermon. The sermon, God's word, isn't the problem. It's what you do with it that is. My prayer, as I said, should always be, Lord, help me to live out your word in my life. Oh, Lord, the message that was preached this morning, there was, I, Lord, tailor it to my life. Lord, I listened. I, was, I had a lot of stuff going on. My kids were being crazy. I had all this stuff going on. But Lord, I know that my ears heard the words that were preached. Lord, bring them back to my remembrance. Tailor them to my life so that my life can be changed, so that I can be a better fruit, a, a more rightful, flavorful fruit or vegetable that I can feed somebody with. Lord, tailor my life. Don't tailor your word to my life. Because now we're trying, now, now it's at our convenience. Lord, tailor my life to your word. Tailor my life to your word. Both in daily devotions and through the word that is preached. Lord, tailor my life to fit your word. If your life is not lining up with God's word, then your life is wrong. And something needs to change. Something needs to change. Do you listen to the message preached with intent or just listen to it with perhaps of, well, I know the word. I've heard so many sermons that, you know, I'm going to listen today just so maybe I'll hear something new. Rather than allowing just the good old fashioned word of God at every time just penetrate your heart. If somebody gets up and starts, starts preaching on Calvary and, uh, and how, how, you, how it's the blood of Jesus Christ that saves sinners. And you go, yep, I've been saved for so long, but I still want that same passion. I still want that same tenderness to penetrate my heart. I don't want to get so used to just hearing something that I just take it as words or information rather than allow it to be made and brought internal. We got to be careful. Some people listen and listen well, but they have no intent on actually applying what they've heard. When you put it into practice, the things that you have learned, being that doer of the word, you will find it so hard to be bored. 
You will find it so hard with kids. Oh, I'm bored. Well, go outside and play. Put, get, put yourself to action and you won't be bored. You'll pick out something in the Word of God. And, and, and if you really want to amp it up, pick out something that just goes against your grain. And say, this is what we're going to work on today, son. Grab myself by the bootstraps. We're going to get up and we're going to do this. You know, we'll see who has more strength, your flesh or the, or the Spirit of the Lord. And I guarantee the Spirit of the Lord's going to win. Amen. Because if, if, if you don't allow it, well, then you're, you're just in the wrong. That's there's just all there is to it there. You'll find it so hard to be bored. One writer put it this way. If you are determined to obey every, every scriptural truth that's ever been preached to you, you'll never have time to become spiritually bored. You will never have time to become spiritually bored. Are you passionate about being in church? Are you passionate about this church? Always remember, before you go blaming the pastor or the preacher, ask yourself, have I applied the preaching of the word to my life or have I just been a hearer only? Oh, if that preacher, if that pastor would just preach a little bit different sermon, my pews would be full. Well, really, if I would just apply what the pastor and the preacher have been saying to my life, our church would be full. Ouch. Rather than just being a hearer, being a doer, being a doer. If you want to develop passion for the things of God, then you need to act upon the things of God. The more you act upon it, the more you walk in it, the more you run in it, the more passionate you'll become about it. You know, it's like starting that new job for the first time. It's like, yeah, this is a great job. And, and you know, and, and then after so many times, it's like, oh yeah, this, I really like this job. You become more into it because you've learned more about it. You've become more, more trained on the, uh, on the job that, you're, that you've been entrusted with. You become more passionate about it. Hey, this is what I do. If you want passion for the church, then you need to make church your passion. If you want passion for church, then you need to make church your passion. When the church doors are open, be in church, uh, shouting amen, uh, getting behind the preacher, uh, uh, getting in the altars and allowing the Holy Spirit to just, just uh, open every a part of your life, expose every vessel, every cell. I was praying this morning, I said, Lord, take every cell, every fiber in my body and let not one go untouched by your Holy Spirit because I don't want anything in my life to stand in the way of the Holy Spirit spirit being able to work and flow through my life because I know if there's one grain or one ounce of fiber of flesh in me then I know I got it that, that tomorrow I'm going to wake up and it's going to be a whole nother battle and there is and tomorrow's going to I'm going to wake up and there's going to be a battle but I get up in the morning and I say God take every fiber and every flesh every cell in my body Lord and let it not go today without being touched by the Holy Spirit you see make it your passion a passion for my church. We've talked about a pa passion for my Lord, a passion for my church, and then, then thirdly and lastly here this evening, a passion for others. For others. That beautiful person sitting right next to you. A passion for others. I love my wife. I passionately love my wife. Amen? I sure do. A passion for others. Genesis 44, uh, you, can, you can read the whole, the whole uh, um, uh, narrative there, 18 through 34, if you're taking notes. But it's, it's talking about 
uh, Judah when they went into uh, <clears throat> when they went into Egypt to, to to buy corn and because of the famine that was going on and they had left and uh, you know the, uh, Joseph, the ben, uh, they went down there and they said no come again and and uh, and he gave them, so Joseph gave him a little bit of corn to go home on and he said all right bring your bring your brother Benjamin you know we learned that this morning he said bring your brother Benjamin back and so they they brought they went they brought Benjamin back and. And, uh, and, and, and he filled all their sacks up to full and sent them on their way. But, but, but he put some, the, 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 the silver coins back in Benjamin's sack. And, and so to, to, to keep, and, and so they went after him and said, you guys are thieves. And so they, so they looked at all the sacks and behold, there was that money in Benjamin's sack. And, and so they said, so, so Joseph said, Benjamin's going to stay here. He's going to be my servant and, and so on and so forth. And, and, uh, and, and, and then we can jump in there and says, he, Judah speaking here says, for thy servant became surety for the lad unto the, my father saying, if I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, instead of Benjamin, a bondman unto, uh, to my Lord and let the lad go up with his brethren for how shall I go to my father and the lad not be with me? Lest peradventure I see evil that shall come on my father. And then, and then Joseph could not refrain himself uh, for all, for all, before all them that stood by him. And he cried every, and caused every man to go out from him. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. This is a beautiful portion of Scripture about uh, Judah's passionate plea for his brother. He's his passionate plea, uh, plea for his brother Benjamin, uh, not knowing that Joseph was there, that Joseph was alive, and he was the one that had, that was <clears throat> orchestrating all this. But 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 it, but this is this is his 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 he's pleading for 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 Benjamin. But it ranks among the top when it comes to being passionate for someone else. He was so passionate for him. He said he said, "Let the lad go, but take me instead." He said, I've, I've, done, uh, I've done a lot of wrong. Take me instead. Let the boy go. Number one is a passion that Christ had for you and I, as we said, when he went to the cross. cross. He had a passion for somebody else other than himself. You say, who's the most passionate person about your, about, uh, your, uh, you're passionate about? Myself. I love myself, me, myself, and I, we get along real well. You know, we got to be careful whether we want to admit it or not. Sometimes we're the, the most passionate people that we're passionate about is our very own self, that guy between our eyes. We're not willing to put ourselves out for somebody else. Especially if there's nothing in return for us. We got to be real careful. You know, it's like, well, I'll help you for a catch. He's putting yourself out for someone else. Growing up, I remember hearing stories about passionate men like Brother Wyatt who would fast and pray for, for, for souls to be saved in his new church that, that he was starting. And when it was all said and done, the Lord had given him one person for every day that he had fasted, which then went on to become the pillars of that church. You see, passionate for the church, a passion for the church, which then transferred into a passion for people. A passion for people. It's one thing to come and we can love this church and it's a it's the house of God. And, but 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 it should just it shouldn't just stay here. It should go through you now to somebody else. 
Another time, uh, the same man was so determined to hear from God that he began to fast and pray for so long that they had to take him to the hospital because he was so determined to see a move of God. Talking about passion, passion for somebody else, fasting and praying for, for Brother Angel there who's, who hasn't been feeling well, lifting him up in prayer. God, touch this man. He needs a touch in his body. Lord, heal him. Passionately praying for him. God, touch him. He needs it. He's got a wife and son to provide for. Lord, he needs that strength. Heal him. Passionate about somebody. If this is how we are to be towards those that are lost, how much more passionate should we be towards those who are of the household of faith? We're to have a passion for the loss. We're to reach the loss with the gospel of Christ. But for those of us that are here in the house of God, how much more passionate should we be for each other? Those who are fighting the good fight of faith alongside of. I think it was David Wilkerson that said, all true passion is born out of anguish. Someone that's just, as, we, as the Apostle Paul is was writing to the church, is somebody whose heart is so heavy, somebody who is so full of, <clears throat> of anguish for somebody else to see God move in their life. Judah was in anguish before Joseph. He poured himself out, and the impact that he had on Joseph was so great that the Bible says he wept. Joseph wept. He wasn't just weeping. The Bible says that he wept so loud that, that, he, that the whole house of Pharaoh, everybody, all the Egyptians heard him. He wept so loud because of, the, because of the passionate plea that one man had for another. It moved him so great. Joseph seen the attitude, the repentance, the anguish of his brother and knew that he had changed. Knew that he had changed. It's born out of anguish. It's born out of somebody. Lord, I don't have a lot of passion right now, but Lord, I know that if I, if I give myself over to you, I'll just a little bit more. God, develop this in my life. Lord, develop passion in my life. Lord, make me a fruit that, that just doesn't, that's just not up there and pretty to look at, but like, Lord, Lord, let me be a fruit that, that, I, can, that I can feed somebody with. Oh, that's, that's, that's what we're called to be. And if you'd get ready to come to the piano here this evening. Are we so passionate for others or the calling of God that we're willing to weep before Him, asking for a change in our own lives to be accommodated, to, to, to accommodate His calling in our lives? God has called each and every one of us. He has. But Lord, change my life to accommodate your calling. Don't change your calling to accommodate my life. Change my life, oh God. If I'm working too much, if I'm doing too much of this to where I can't be all that you've called me to be, then change me, oh Lord. The calling of God used to be primary. I'm not so sure that it's even secondary, secondary anymore in the church today. The calling of God used to, God called somebody, they'd say, wow, I'm called of God. They would get up and they would run so hard into the calling of God. You read about all these great men and women of God. He called them, you know what they did? They didn't, they didn't, well, 
you know, tomorrow I got to get up and go to work, so maybe next week we'll get to it. <sighs> Elijah called Elisha. He was out, Elisha was out there plowing. Elijah walks by and casts his mantle on him and says, says you know, you're going to be the next guy. You're it. He says, okay. He left the oxen standing there in the field and come, let's go. You called me, I'm going. But so many times we, we're, we're like, well, uh, you called me, but I, I, I got to, well, I got to go put the oxen up first. So let me take care of that. And, and well, then I got to hay them first. And we got to clean out the stalls. Well, then I got to get hay. And then, well, then they need water. And then I got to pack a bag first. And it's like so many times we, 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 we put so many things. The calling of God used to be primary. I'm not so sure that it's even secondary. It's come so far down the list in our lives. Oh, I've got this to do. I've got that to do. All my weekends coming up, it's all about me. I, I, you know, it's all, it's like, what can I do to spend time? Well, let's take our families and go tell somebody about Jesus. Where is your passion at? In Matthew, we could read route, there were three uh, that were given talents. Talents in that time, you know, was, was a measure of money. I'm not saying talent as I can sing or I can do this or I can do that, but they were giving talents, but only two acted upon that which was given to them. Three were given, only two acted. You see, folks, that talent is salvation. Are you acting upon it or are you just burying it in the dirt? Are you acting upon that which God is giving you? He gave, uh, he gave them talents and they went out and they doubled it. They multiplied that which their Lord had given to them. God has given you so great a salvation, such a beautiful gift. He's changed your life. He's shown you how you should walk. He's given you a path to walk on. Not to just bury it in the dirt. He's given you salvation so that you can go out and duplicate that in somebody else's life. If you're not acting upon what, that which God is giving you, then you truly are, I truly am, burying it in the dirt. What is it going to take for you and I to change? What is it going to take for you and I to become so passionate that we're willing to, to do whatever it takes to, to, to change our lives or move the hand of God for somebody else? In conclusion here this evening, if you want, you can, we can all stand here tonight. How passionate are you about with your walk with the Lord? Passion for my Lord. Where does your passion lie? Is it, does it lie in so many, is it tied up in so many things? Uh, in, in, and, you know, yeah, well, I got to work because we got to eat. I got a mortgage to pay and I got bills to do this and I got that to build and this to go. And where do your passions lie? You know, if the Lord comes back, everything that you've just invested all your time in, it's going to burn. It's all gone. I mean, I get it. We got to have it for now. And I'm not saying that you just, you know, live footloose and fancy free because, you know, and, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I get it. We got to have that stuff. But it's so crazy to think, Brother Kevin, that if, if somebody, if we were to leave right now, all that stuff's gone. I mean, the, the 3,000 hours that you've invested in that, it's all gone. And it's like, are you happy or sad about that? It's like, Lord's come, see, they can have it. <laughs> it's gone. Where does your passions lie? What do you need to change in your life in order to grow in your relationship with Him? 
well, if I just, if I got up a little bit earlier and spent an extra little bit of time in prayer, I know I would grow more. Then do it. There's a lot of things that we can change just on our own by our own mental understanding. You know, if I didn't listen to that, if I don't talk like this, if I be careful on where I go, if I be careful on what I watch, I'm going to naturally become more, uh, it will be brought more into his image because you're getting rid of those things that we just automatically know we shouldn't be doing. Those are easy things. Then it gets, then, then we can get into a little bit deeper where the rubber meets the road and we can become transformed more into his image. How passionate are you for your church? Do you find yourself getting bored when you come into the house of God? Do you find yourself getting bored? You come in and, and you, I, this, this conference I was at, they were talking about board members and trustees and stuff like that. They said, yeah, we've got some board members that are just, they're, they're just, they're warm bodies. That's all they are. They bring nothing to the table. They have no opinion. They could care less what the agenda is. They could care less whether the one guy wants to take the agenda and, 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 and go someplace completely negative with it. They're just warm bodies. Are you just a warm body? Are you just a warm body? I mean, hey, I, I think you're still alive in there somewhere. But, you know, every now and then, oh, oh, I think I see a hand going up. <laughs> Are you bored with the house of God? Perhaps it's time to start being a doer of the word rather than just being a hearer. I challenge you for every sermon that is preached, if you write down just one thing to be a doer of, I guarantee you, you won't be bored. If you just write down one thing and brother, we've hit you with a thousand things tonight. But if you just wrote down one thing and make that one thing throughout that week, your passion, I guarantee you, you will see some kind of result either in your life or in the life of somebody else. Are you passionate for others? Are you willing to do, what are you willing to do in, in order to reach others? Oh, I, I thought about, you know, if the pastor got up here and said, you know what, you cannot come back to church next Sunday unless you tell somebody about Jesus. I didn't say you had to bring anybody to the church next Sunday, but if the pastor said, you cannot come back to church next Sunday unless you at least tell one person about Jesus, would you be in church next Sunday? And you're like, whoa. Think about it. Challenge yourself. Oh boy, if I don't tell somebody about Jesus this week, then I can't go to church. And if I'm not in church, they're going to know that I didn't tell somebody about Jesus. <laughs> you see how that works? We're not supposed to be just buried little lights. You know, I'm this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, hide it under a bushel. That's what we all do. Let that light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What are you going to do to help others in the body of Christ? Help others in the body of Christ. Be careful how, be careful what we say. Oh, so-and-so, be careful what you say. You're going to be, you know, lift up that person. Don't break them down, lift them up. Just because they don't walk like you, talk like you, smell like you, think like you, go to the same, wear the same shoes that you, doesn't mean that you can't uplift that person. Where does your passion lie? Where does your passion lie? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time we've been able to have here tonight. Lord, just diving into your word.
Lord, to be able to jump in and see where exactly we are and where we line out in your word. So many times, Father, we, 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 we fall prey to just hearing the word, but not acting upon it, not doing it. That's why he says we're to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Lord, give us a passion for you first and foremost, Lord. When I wake up in the morning, let my passion be to be before my almighty God. Lord, when the church doors are open, Lord, let my passion be to be in the house of God. And Lord, let my passion to be for others, Lord, those that are lost, but Lord, even so much more those that, are, uh, that, that, I'm, uh, that I'm running this race alongside of. You've given each and every one of us a talent, Lord, you've saved us. Let us duplicate that, Lord, for to do, for to not to do it, Lord, God would be burying it in the dirt. Lord, meet with us around these altars here tonight. We've been challenged. Lord, let it sink into our hearts, into our mind. Let our understanding be wrapped around it. Let it grip us so tightly that we go out this week and we do something about it. Meet with us around these altars, I pray. In your name we pray. Amen and amen.